Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. Listener discretion is advised. The Showdown Podcast. With Corey and Vic. The debate on what movie is better. Corey's choice versus Vic's choice. They each plead their case and try to destroy the others. It's a combat of subjective opinion. I'm Brad Scott, your impartial judge. And as always, my say is final. Welcome to the Showdown Podcast. I am your host, Brad Scott. Today, as always, we are joined by Cowrie Eat More Chicken Mooler and his opponent, an empty chair. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we have some sad news here at the Showdown Podcast. Our beloved uh, fighter, Vic Miller, uh, recently passed away. And so uh, this episode is in his uh, memory, and uh, we, are, we are sad to see him go on. But uh, we wish the best to his family, his kids. It's a tough time for them. We're going to set up a GoFundMe account. Um and uh, we're also going to put in the information about the GoFundMe account that he wouldn't cater a gay wedding so that we can really get some money for the family. Uh, so please check that out. <laughs> oh, what's it? He, no, he's not really. He good. did not die, uh, no. apparently. Vic is alive. Uh, that's good. No, that's good. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good thing. So. Uh, so Vic, hey, glad you're still there, buddy. <laughs> Uh, so we, you see what you're missing. We got uh, the notes were a little confusing, a little misleading, but uh, all right. So Vic is just uh, under the weather. He's going to be out for a couple episodes, so you're stuck with just Corey and myself. And uh, the original idea for this podcast was for Corey and I to list our 100, uh, you know, favorite movies. If you remember the very first episode, it was number 100 versus number 100. Uh, that and, was, what, Saving Silverman and Due Date. Yeah. And so uh, then we decided that, that we, we didn't know if we were going to make it to 100 episodes. So, you know, uh, we changed everything up and uh, the show's become what it is today. So since Vic is out, we're going to give you our top 100 movies. This episode being number 100 down to 50. 50. And then uh, the next uh, episode will be the grand finale, number 49 to number 1. And uh, we'll just we'll talk about uh, some of our selections, maybe debate a little bit, and uh, it'll be a fun episode. And, it should be uh, interesting. And uh, uh, you'll notice, even though I just said that the first episode of this podcast was our number 100 versus 100, say, Saving Silverman versus Due Date, at least for me, uh, my number 100's already changed. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be interesting. So uh, here we go. We hope you enjoy this episode. So what is your number 100? Uh, my new number 100 is The Ringer. Uh, Johnny Knoxville. Wow. Uh, plays the... Uh, uh, dude, that movie's so funny. I think it's underrated. I think it's a really, really funny movie. 
You scratched it. I, I, I didn't think, you know, it's been on Comedy Central a few times uh, within the last year, and I think I've watched it a couple different times, and I've seen it before, too. Um, and I didn't think it was that bad. I, you know, I don't think it's top 100 worthy, but uh, tweets her own, obviously. Um, I thought I always think it's funny, though, in the first scene, I don't know if you remember, and he, Johnny Knoxville's at his desk, and he has to go in his boss's office, and then was told he has got to fire that dude, the janitor. Yeah, uh... The guy with the missing the fingers. Yeah. Well, Stavi. Yeah, yeah Stavi. Well, he's wearing like a red tie when he gets up from his desk and when he goes into the office, it's a totally different tie. And then it changes back to the red tie. I always notice that. Um, but uh, not a, not that that's a big deal, but it's just, I just think. No, I just thought, I thought it was a funny movie. Yeah, I really did. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, my number 100, obviously, as we've already said, is due date. My, so you stayed the same. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really. Before, just a little side note, before we decided to start recording, we did go through and make some changes in case we thought anything was uh, out of the ordinary. Um, that was one that stayed the same. I, I did change some of the other ones around a little bit, but for the most part, nope, due date stayed the same. All right, why don't you go ahead and go through your, uh, your the, what you take us down to 90 okay. for you. Uh, Empire Records at 99. I don't know if you've seen that one. I always confuse that movie with Airheads. Yeah. I don't know why. A big difference. I know, I know, but they they like both radio stations or no, one's no, a one's record radio, st- Yeah, one's a record store. And they came around out around the same time. I think they did actually. So I yeah, I always confuse those two movies. Yeah, Empire Records came out. Airheads had had Adam Sandler, right? Yes, and Adam, Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fraser and Steve Buscemi. Yeah, and Empire Records came out in '95. Airheads was better, if you say so. You don't agree? No, okay. I, I don't have Airheads in my top 100, so no. Okay, um, but the reason I like this one. Is I actually used to work at Sam Goody and was working there at about the time this came out. So I could relate a lot to what's yeah. going on. So um, so even though obviously I don't work there anymore, uh, it still stuck with me and I, and I still love the movie just the same. Um, my 98 is Let the Right One In. Horror film from uh, uh, Sweden, I believe. Uh, it was actually remade... Uh, couple years a few years ago with chloe moritz grace i think that's how you say her name uh was retitled let me in it's a horror film where uh about a vampire a kid vampire and uh there's some killings going on and you know cover-ups and what's it called again let the right one in ah sounds like you let the wrong one into your top 100 um yeah if you yeah you'd think differently if you saw that but yeah i get the joke um number 97 for me is singles uh, again, sounds familiar. Uh, it's got uh, Matt Dillon and uh, uh, what's her name? Chick from uh, Jackie Brown, Bridget Fonda. Thank you. And uh, it's set in Seattle, the mid '90s, during the grunge era. Uh, when this came out, I was into, into that music. Where Corey has not yet gotten out of. Like he's not. He he right he right now looks like he would have. Like earbuds in with Nirvana playing. If you saw Corey right now, um, actually, if you check my MP3 player, yes, that is. Yeah, it. exactly. Um, I know I've got my flannel shirts upstairs. Uh, I can't hate on the flannel though. The flannel is such an underrated shirt. It's pretty much the only thing I wear on stage anymore. I noticed that the other night because it's so versatile. If it's if it's chilly, you know, like if I want to be really casual and stuff, I wear like a, like a wrestling shirt or something underneath, and I can leave it unbuttoned. You can leave it unbuttoned. But then if it gets like, especially if it's warmer, then that's you know it lets some air breathe mm-hmm. through the fabric. And then if it gets a little chilly or the air conditioning is cold in the club, I can button it up, and now I'm you know I'm warm enough to yeah. be 
to be okay. And if you get a little hot, you can you can unbutton roll the sleeves. sleeves roll yep. the sleeves up. Uh, if you want, to, if it's let's say you show up and maybe everybody's it's a little more formal than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I can just tuck it in. Yeah. And it looks okay. Uh, and obviously, if uh, if it's a very casual affair, flannel you know is perfect for casual events as well. Like it's it's literally the perfect shirt. It is. It I've is. been I've been having this discussion with lots of comics, and at least just for our job, it's the absolute perfect shirt. Yeah, I never I never thought about how so how, versatile how versatile it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead, okay. Okay, um, number ninety six. Uh, this is a movie, one of my older films on my list. Um, it's from nineteen fifty five. It's called The Night of the Hunter, and it's about a priest played by Robert Mitchum who comes to town. And touches some kids. Close. Ah. He's 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 actually looking for uh, money, and he I, I believe if I can remember correctly, um, it's I'm trying to think because it's been a little while since I've seen it. There was a guy in jail, and from that guy he uh, the guy said that uh, he had bar- he had he had some money, and Robert Mitchum's character finds out about that and he's trying to find out where it is. Goes back. Finds the family of that guy and pretty much uh, scares the shit out of them until they end up running. He's chasing. He believes that they have the money, which the kids do. The kids were actually, oops, spoiler. Um, They actually have the money and uh, he's trying to get it from him. And yeah, it just creeps him the fuck out basically through the entire film. It's all in black and white, so you probably won't like it. I was going to say, I don't think you really have to worry about spoiler there. I don't think... Yeah. Well, that was more for the listeners. But that's what I'm saying. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they're rushing off to see. The, so continue. Okay. Um, so anyway, that was number 96. Um, I'll go to 95, and then and then you can pick up pick up from your 99. Um, is Juon? Juon is a uh, is a Korean film that uh, is actually the original version of The Grudge, which starred Sarah Michelle Gellar. Okay. Okay. This is the original. Now I saw this one before I saw. The remake, and when I saw the remake, it was pretty much spot on, scene for scene, the original. And so I thought the Sir Michelle Geller version was down to the Asian kid that sounds like a cat. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. So I, I was pretty much just not impressed with the Sir Michelle Geller version. So and the Juan. So in Japanese, Juan means grudge, basically, and in America, Juan means every movie in Hollywood. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So that's so that's my number ninety five, and uh, we'll, we'll go f- go with you uh, with your ninety four. Uh, with my ninety, why wouldn't I start at ninety nine? I mean, uh, ninety nine, uh, the Blair Witch Project. I know, I know, everybody makes fun of it, but you have to remember when that movie came out, it was the first real fake documentary. You know, documentary that tries to come across as real but isn't. It was one of the first mainstream ones that came out, and. It was huge. I remember it being sold out. Like that never that doesn't seem to happen anymore with a whole lot of movies where they're sold out, you know? Mm. That movie was sold out for like over a week. I mean, you had they had to they had so many showings of it just to be able to keep up with the demand. I mean, the and it's still isn't it still to this day as far as like like percentage? It's made more money than any movie compared like its well, budget to what it made. To do, that would have to do with the fact that it was shot for basically shit. Nothing. But, but that, so, so that, 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 yeah. that shows how much... That To me, that's... The, and I don't care what anybody says. If, if you watch it in the movie theater the first time... Pe- no, the people... I'm sorry. The people that uh, 
the people that uh, that were like, it just it gave, the shakiness gave me such a headache. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. Those are the same people that have a gluten allergy, in my opinion. It's just like you just want to bitch to bitch. Like you just want to complain. Like shut the fuck. Really, you got a headache? I give me a break. Uh, I'll I'll say this, and it's <laughs> I did see it in the theater, and I had just we had just ate, eaten lunch, went and saw it. I literally got sick from watching it. I don't think it has anything to do with the movie. I'm guessing probably. What did you have? Where, where were you? I can't imagine it was like Pita Pit or Panera. No, what, it was Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you had some deep fried, uh, terrible food. I don't remember what it was. I mean, how I'm sure it was fried. It was if it was the Hard Rock Cafe. I'm, I yeah, don't think there was a burger. I don't think you hit the salad bar. No. Oh yeah. So yeah. So it could have been your undercooked burger. Yeah. Burger. Yeah. Burger. Burger. Um, yeah, you know, the, the movie's not bad. Uh, and it has some good scary moments. Uh, and I'm sorry, but that ending, when uh, she's running in the basement, and the, you can just hear the audio off of the kind of in the distance, but you're seeing through her lens, and then she falls down as you see that guy in the corner, that's a creepy-ass scene. That's a really good, creepy scene. That movie's underrated. Okay. Uh, so, moving on, 98, uh, Batman Returns. Wow. I love that movie. I thought it was kind of before uh, before Christopher Nolan brought it back. I thought it was like the last dark Batman for a while because that movie's pretty dark. When you think about the plot, they're kidnapping children to murder them. It's been a while since I've watched it, so I don't remember. Yeah, that's what the penguin, the Penguin's big plot is. He kidnaps all the firstborn sons of Gotham to murder them. Oh yeah. So and he's going to drown them. Like that's the other part. He's just going to drown all these kids. In this underground layer, it's a pretty. Any kidnaps, you know, uh, has Christopher Walken. Who doesn't love Christopher Walken? Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Keaton, such a good cast. I've been wanting to go back recently and watch the original, all three. Oh, wait, what do you mean all three? The 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 Batman was the Batman and Batman Returns, and I forgot the the middle. Batman one. Forever. Batman is the Batman Forever. Well, the there's one? Batman Forever is the third one. Okay. And then with Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. Okay, yeah. And then Joel Schumacher tried to kill the franchise in the fourth one. Yeah, I don't want to see that. Batman and Robin. Robin. No, I don't want to see that one. Just the first three. I'd like to go back to Although the third one's where it started to turn the corner. Yeah, yeah. Because that's where uh, it was Val Kilmer. Yeah. Yeah. Val, it was Val Kilmer, Jim and then Carrey, Tommy Lee Jones. Arnold Arnold, no, Arnold Lee Schwarzenegger was Batman. No, he was Batman and Robin. And Robin. Because yeah. that's the word. The just the cle the just so the, many the cheesiest lines. cliche lines from Mister Freeze. And yeah. Just oh yeah, it was awful. Uh, but yeah, Batman Returns I thought was a really good movie. And then my uh, my number ninety seven, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, is uh, the Den, which is a movie I actually just saw recently on it's on Netflix. Uh, now this is a legitimate spoiler alert because I'm going to tell you the premise of the movie. And then, uh, well, we the do end, have the spoiler thing, at, spoiler tag at the beginning. Well, but I'm also going to give you another spoiler when I get ready to give away the juicy part. So uh, I'll leave the room. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's basically. Uh, I'll see what I, I'll see how vague I can make. Yeah, it. make it as vague. Even though I did tell you about this the last time we recorded, and you still haven't watched it, yeah. so I'm, I'm not confident you're going to just. <laughs> as soon put, as I leave, you're going to just throw on Netflix. But anyway, so it's about this girl, and uh, she gets this funding. Uh, to work on this experiment, uh, it's like a social media experiment where she is gonna she's gonna record every interaction she has on this. Uh, it's like a chat roulette website where you just boom, you just pop up and you see you know you you do video chats with people. 
And like as she's so the whole movie is actually through a computer screen of some sorts, or it's, it's through some type of technology, like some type like a phone or a computer screen. And you would think that that would be really annoying or whatever. And once you kind of once you kind of get adjusted to it a few minutes in, it's it's not that distracting, and it's not it doesn't take away from the movie. It actually adds to it. It adds to kind of the realism, and so. This she's just she's chattering like immediately there's like a bunch of dicks you know a bunch of guys with their dicks <laughs> like you know it's really That's realistic why it's, on it's your really list. real well of course uh, I'm actually one of the penises my <laughs> acting debut uh, I'm the big one uh, but no so she's going through and then she like she meets this British lady you know and she video chats with her uh, she meets some other people and she you know whatever and then uh, then she sees this picture uh, of this girl. And then she sees the girl get murdered, right? And so she then basically the rest of the movie is all this weird stuff starts happening to her. She starts getting these messages. Uh, things start sabotaging her life. Um, like there's a video, uh, like her computer basically turns itself on and records her boyfriend going down on her, and then sends it out to all of her work. You know, co-workers, the people that gave her the research so grant and everything else. computer is possessed. Oh, that's spoiler alert. Did I just call it? No, no, no. No. That, 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 that's what I thought, and that's what they wanted you to think. Actually, what you find out is all these videos and stuff are – it's this organization that kidnaps people, tortures, and murders them. And broadcast it on a webcam. It's like this underground huge organization. And so they they then go after her friends. They go after like her best friend and her boyfriend. And she's watching them being kidnapped. Like through, you know, like watching the video of them being taken, right. you know. And uh, the Liam Neeson show up. No, he does not. Uh-huh. No, no, they should be so lucky. No. <laughs> then they get her, right? And they're all chained up. They're all fucking, like, you know, they, there's torture. And he's trying to tell her, like, hey, don't pay attention to this. It's all a video, blah, blah, She inevitably dies, right? And the movie ends. No. Oh. This is where the movie makes a big, pretty big social statement, and it's pretty badass. The movie pans out, and what you see is, like, after sh- they show her getting shot, the very last thing is uh, her getting shot in the head. This guy, after she's been tortured and everything else, he comes over and he shoots her in the head, right? Uh-huh. And then it zooms out, and a thing comes on and says, you have just watched whatever her name, Amanda's Journey. To watch New Journey, click here. And you realize that the entire movie, you weren't watching it in real time. You were watching all the recorded stuff this company had made of them initially sending out the stuff to get her, and then... Actually finding her, fucking with her family, they were recording the whole thing too once they found her. And so the whole thing has already happened, and she's she's been dead this entire time. You just watched the last moments of her life. So now they're going to come kill you. And it's a guy sitting at a computer, like a, like a normal guy, like a, you know, like a suburb dad. And he's sitting at a computer, and then his son walks in, and he's like, oh shit, and he like clicks it down. And his son's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, nothing." And so you like you realize like this is just sick entertainment for the upper echelon rich, you know, white people. And uh, the other thing is when it when it shows 
uh, like, you know how, like, if you like this video, watch this one. Yeah. It shows the British girl, too, that she had made that, like, connection with. Yeah. So you realize that they found the British girl through her, and then she is more than likely dead as well. Hmm. How was that for a mind fuck? And that was just me telling you about the movie. <laughs> so no, I don't have to watch it. It's really good. I'm telling you, it's really good. It's one of those movies that you kind of feel uh, unsettled after. And uh, we'll actually get to more on that later. But uh, So my next movie, uh, number 95, right? Um, 96? Was that 96? That was 96. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I got uh, The Ringer, Blair Witch, Batman Returns, The oh. Den, and now uh, Dogma. Mm. From your boy. Yep. Kevin Smith. But uh, Dogma, I love. Uh, it's, it's brilliant because it slashes apart religion, which I'm an atheist, so I kind of like, even though I don't really have an issue with religion. I like how it kind of just dissects in it. And, and it was still like, it was like, what, late 90s? Uh, it was when it came 1999. Out? Yeah, so they still had to they still had to put in, they had to make it good at the end. You yeah. know, good had to trump over evil at the end. But you could see what Kevin Smith was doing through the whole movie. It was just brilliant. The only thing I didn't like is Lennox Morissette. As God? Yeah. Why? I just don't like her. Oh, I love her. I think she's awesome. Uh, I, Did you see her on Curb Your Enthusiasm? No. She's great on it. No, it's it's her music. I just can't stand. Oh, really? Isn't it, yeah. Isn't that ironic? Yeah, it is ironic. Don't you think? Yeah. It, and here, talking about irony, when that album came out, I was actually working at Sam Goody. Oh, so, that's yeah. why you don't like it. So I heard it all the time. time. No, no, well, not only that, it's like, she can't really sing very well. It's like, uh-huh. hey, it's like, come on, really? Who likes this shit? But anyway. Um, so wait, but wait, what about, uh, what was the other, what's, about, what's the one where she talks about uh, going down on a... Uh, oh, um, Dave Coulier. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't like that one either? No, I don't like any of those songs. Yeah, that could, I guess, I can. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's subjective, but it's fair. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's go to, uh, I guess, your... No, go ahead. Keep going. You'll go to 90, or go to 85. Yeah, go to 85, and then and then I'll go back with my 94 and go to 85. Okay, so my 94 is uh, Wanderlust. Good movie. Paul Rudd and uh, Jennifer Aniston. Yes. And uh, one of the best characters ever. I can't, whatever. The guy that plays kind of the leader. Dude, with oh, that, that's, the, uh, that's Jennifer's real life husband. Yeah, and dude, this uh, the with your Justin Thoreau with your your two way pages and your Nintendo Power Gloves and your VCRs. <laughs> that is that dude's the best. That's like one of the best characters in any movie ever. He's so funny, uh, and yeah, I just I thought because like you know all you ever see is people uh, people always say this, and it feels it's just like when they say the Saturday Night Live isn't you know funny at all anymore. It wasn't as funny as it used to be. People say there's no originality in Hollywood. You know, there's no original movies anymore. All they do is remake the same old stuff. That was an original movie. Yeah. Wanderlust. That was an original idea. It was a great movie. You want to know something funny, too? If you Don't the- tell me it was a remake. No, it wasn't. Okay. Um, if, you, if, you, uh, if you watch the Blu-ray version, they've got a second version of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's totally recut. Uh, it's, uh, it's somewhat interesting. 
Really? Yeah. I want to watch that now because I love that movie. Yeah. It's not as long. I think it's only, I, I, it might only be like an hour long, mm-hmm. but uh, but it's different. It's, it's a lot different? Yeah, because they include a lot of outtakes. Ah. Uh, a lot of, you know, second versions of, of, of scenes, and it's, it's really interesting. Um, and it caught me off guard, too, because at one point, uh, Carrie Kenny, who was on Reno 911, she's one of the people that are at that home. Yeah, she's the yeah, she's the one that's uh that that talks to Paul Rudd while he's pooping. Yeah. <clears throat> she, yeah. Yeah. And I was I was totally shocked by it because I didn't expect it, but total topless scene. I was like Oh nice. Wow, did not see that coming. Would've so been better for someone else, but okay. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I was actually hoping for the Jennifer Anderson one that uh, was allegedly shot, but uh, no 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 go on that. But yeah, I like that movie too. My next movie, uh number ninety three Jerry Maguire. <clears throat> yeah. You don't like Jerry Maguire? I mean, come on. The first the first time I saw it, yeah, wasn't bad. Sports agent. I mean, it was. It's kind of has sports tones in the movie. It's funny. You had the kid. It's a good movie. Just a good movie. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, 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 it's one great. of those. It's one of those that uh, I don't think I've watched a second time. Um, it's well. There are two other. It's directed by Cameron Crowe, which I've got a couple of his films on my list. Actually, no, I've only got one. I think on my list. Which and it stars Tom Cruise, who actually stars in my number ninety-two movie as well, which was uh, War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise two thousand and four, wow. I believe, version. And the reason I liked it is because I remember it was like it's like one of the first horror movies I'd seen in a really long time that like I actually. Or sci-fi, I guess, whatever. I actually was kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of creeped out by it. I thought, it was, I thought they did a really good job of making it seem believable and realistic. With the way it looked and everything else. And those sounds of those horns that, like, the big tripod things make, you know, the... Yeah. Where they're, like, about ready to attack. That's, it's a, it's a good, it was a good sound to use. I've only had seen a good it tone. once. Uh, had I'm- a good tone. That scene where they're, like, when initially, when it just starts killing everybody and you see people's reaction, like... I just I thought it was really well done. I liked it when the giant iPod came out of the out of the ground. Oh wait, that was scary movie before. <laughs> Never yeah. mind. I, that was obviously not an honest mistake. <laughs> um, number ninety one, uh, one hour photo. Robin Williams at his creepiest. Yeah, movie is so good, and it's I guarantee so you, underrated. Ninety percent of you don't even know what it is. And you need to go figure out where you can watch it. I don't know if it's on Netflix or whatever, but go find it. Go watch it. Robin Williams plays. Kids, back in the day, when you wanted to get pictures and wanted to take pictures and everything else, you couldn't go, oh, no, look, your eye was closed. Well, let's do it again. No. You had one shot, and you didn't know how it was going to turn out until you actually went and got them developed, and you had to use a guy at, a, at like, a retail store or they used to even have dedicated Places that would do nothing but develop photographs, and it used to sometimes take a week. You could even take them to Walmart. Yeah, and it would take you know sometimes it would take like a week, and then they got the one hour photo photo uh, labs, and those were huge. And he plays a guy that does that. He just develops pictures, but he becomes obsessed with this one family uh, to the point where it gets a little bit scary. Uh, and it's just such a good movie. It's it's nothing you would think of out of Robin Williams, but he just shows how versatile that guy was, and at the same time. How kind of fucked up he must have been, you know, how, mu- how much stuff must have been going on with him in his own head for him to be able to get to, like, a dark point like that. Good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 90, Basketball Diaries. 
Leonardo DiCaprio sucks a dick in a train stop. That's, <laughs> that's what that movie should be called. That's why you like it. It's a good movie. It's a really good movie. It deals with uh, deals with addiction. And uh, I remember it was just one of those movies that when I watched it, it was just like, like the first time I watched it, it was just like, holy shit. Like, this is kind of reminding me of, uh, I want to see if I, I want to make sure I don't have it on my list somewhere else. Uh, yeah, kind of remind me of Kids. Mm-hmm. First time I watched Kids. Which actually I should have probably had on my list somewhere. Who knows? I might just sneak that one in and when I see, if I see a movie, I'm embarrassed to say. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I, it was just one of those one of those generational movies that one you know you can you always remember the first time you saw it. Kind of has that impact. If that makes sense. Okay. What did you think of it? Um, I've seen it once, and that was years ago. I don't really remember much. Mark about Wahlberg it. is great in it. They're kids. Like that's the other thing. Is like you see a very talented cast. Who hadn't, you know, really gotten their big, big breaks at that point. I have the soundtrack. Really? Yeah, I know. Surprise, surprise. It's, yeah, it's kind of a... Yeah, actually, it's, it's actually my wife's, but uh, but there's there's some decent songs on there. I think there's a couple Pearl Jam songs on there. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm wearing flannel. Uh, <laughs> so number 89, The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Will Smith. Yeah. Oh, my God. One of the most touching movies ever. Like if you does if you don't if you don't choke up a little bit at some point in that movie you're heartless like you don't have a soul yeah again that's one of those ones that I only saw once but I was just it just wasn't enough to hold my interest uh, to want to see it a second time or say hey you know if that comes on again I'll watch it I think being a single parent who has struggled financially I think I can relate because yeah, it's like you know if I didn't have a supportive family that my daughter and I might be homeless yeah you know and it's the it's an underdog story too. Yeah, but it had Jane Smith in it, though. Yeah, but he was, like, so young. He didn't... <laughs> he, he wasn't annoying He wasn't yet. a douche yet. No, I'm just kidding. He, he seems like a good kid. All right, my number 88, right? Yeah. Is Juice. Juice. Know the ledge. Huh? Know the ledge. Know the ledge? Oh, yeah. Juice. Uh, Tupac, Omar Epps, uh, that one dude that was in a few other things, like maybe an episode of The Cosby Show or something. <laughs> And then the fat dude that was also in Fat Beach and some other stuff later on. Uh, and Samuel L. Jackson, of course. Was he in that too? He's the, uh, he's the, uh, the arcade guy or whatever, the barbershop owner. Wasn't uh, Dr. Dre and Ed Lover in that too? No. They weren't? No. You're oh. thinking of Who's the Man? Yeah, no, no, no. I mean like little side characters. Oh. Like I don't remember them. But, uh, Queen Latifah. Sort of, uh, four friends who uh, go to commit a robbery end up committing a murder. Oops. And uh, then basically deal with uh, paranoia, you know, and everything else as Tupac descends into madness and starts murdering them all. And one of the best lines and scenes is the ep- is the part where right after, you know, uh, the robbery uh, where Tupac's got the gun and he shoots their one friend, you know, who's slipping out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, Come on, Bishop, man, you're being crazy. And Tupac just gets in his face, puts the gun right up in the nerve. He's like, don't ever call me crazy. <laughs> Such a good luck. Tupac was amazing in that. That's when you figured out, oh, shit, Tupac can act. Yeah. Like, he can really act. He'll, uh, he'll be coming up a little bit more on my list, I believe. I can't imagine. Um, and then uh, number 87, uh, The Departed. Oh, the remake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, everybody loves it. Yeah, I know. You know, it's, it's one of those movies. Ed universally agrees. There's nothing really need to be said about it. Uh, number 86. Uh, Friends with Benefits. Is that the one with Justin Timberlake? Yep. Mila Kunis, who is the hottest celebrity by far. Like out of anyone in the world. If I, if my girlfriend and I came up with a list, she would be my number one of like celebrities I'd be allowed to sleep with. And, uh, and it's a good movie. It's a funny movie. Kind of makes fun of uh, romantic comedies and cliches and at the same time uses them too. Good movie. And I like Justin Timberlake. I feel like he's a very underrated comedic uh, actor. What about uh, The Love Guru? Love Guru? Yeah, he was in that. Uh, I have not seen that in a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not worth your time. Isn't that, uh, isn't that, isn't Daniel Tosh have a cameo in that? Yes. A little spot in that? Yeah. Uh, so my number 85. <laughs> Love Guru. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, uh, uh, much like Jesus, uh, three movies later, he has risen again, Tupac, uh, gang related. I haven't seen that one. Is it, that the one with Tim Roth? No. It, no. Although, that reminds me. Oh, that's There's going to be another movie that's going to be <laughs> added up to the list at some point. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's Tupac and Jim Belushi. Oh, that's and they play right. crooked cops who basically uh, their their shtick is they they pretend to be cocaine dealers, uh, and when people come to buy cocaine off of them, they murder them, keep the money, take back the cocaine, and they accidentally kill an undercover cop. And so then the rest of the movie is them trying to cover up and they accidentally kill him. Well, they kill him, <laughs> but they don't know that <laughs> so he's, he's an undercover, undercover cop, and so they're trying to basically just cover their tracks. For the rest of the movie, and it's so good. Um, and uh, Tupac playing the straight-laced good guy kind of cop who has some moral, you know, who's the guy who's kind of like, hey, we, he's, he's the first one to be like, okay, it's getting out of control, which is a little surprising, but shows his range. Uh, all right, let's hear your uh, ninety-four. Okay, ninety-four. It's a movie starring Val Kilmer, and uh, who's who's the other one? Batman the- Forever. Yeah, it's uh, it's got Val Kilmer in it, and uh, uh, I'm trying to remember now because it's been a while. Bear with me here. Uh, damn, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Duh. Uh, it's called Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, it's a uh, kind of like a cop noir film, uh, kind of. Uh, always, it's always stuck in my head, and uh, as being one of those that I really liked and really underrated. Nobody really talks about it. Um, I haven't even seen it. Yeah, and a lot of people haven't even heard of it. I don't think so. Uh, there's that one. Another one that follows along with the uh, same that's kind of uh, underrated uh, and overlooked. Lucky number 11. That's my number 93 pick. That one has Josh Hartnett, uh, Lucy Liu, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman. Uh, does Morgan Freeman play God? No, he does not. Does he do the, the narration? <clears throat> yes, and I was trying to think of yeah. a, a Shawshank line. But I, I was going to say like... Uh, at least they didn't waste him. Yeah, no, he doesn't really narrate, but uh, but it's really good. Uh, it's a it's a crime it's, it's a crime drama, and uh, it's really a lot of turns, twists and turns throughout the whole thing. Um, number ninety two, Death Race, with Jason Statham. Oh, I thought you were gonna say. No. Oh, I thought you were gonna say. You I was like maybe get... I convinced you. No, no way. This one's been on my list for a while, just because of the crazy action. That, that's in it. Uh, we've already talked about it on a previous episode. Uh, my thoughts on that, so I won't go into it. But uh, yeah, that's my number ninety-two. Number ninety-one. 
um, which might surprise people because everybody puts this really high on their list. Um, and I think at one point you did that I, I saw Goodfellas. Oh, so uh, Goodfellas is your number ninety-one? Yeah, ninety-one. That is that is surprising. I, I would assume yeah. other people would have it higher on their list. What's yeah. your uh, ninety? Ninety is uh, seven with Brad Pitt and another Ooh, Morgan Freeman. Good movie, movie. yeah, and uh, and the legendary uh, What's in the Box? Yeah, What's in the Box? <laughs> Which I, I like to say that whenever I can. Um, but yeah, Kevin Spacey was so good. At yeah, that he too. was really good in that one. Just yeah. when he holds up his hands. It's Prints are all just cut off. Just, ooh, yeah, so I've, not, I've been meaning to go back and rewatch this again because um, it's been so long since I've watched it. Um, it was one of those movies that like everybody talked about it. Yeah, you know they still just, do. I mean, there's still, I mean, there's you know, there's still the the everybody quotes. The well, people the quote it, but I mean, it was like holy shit. Have you seen Seven? Yeah. Like it's so fucked up. It's, you know, it's just one of those movies. Yeah. It's like a, it's like the it was like the next Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it was on the dark path like that one. Yeah. Um, another my number eighty nine is another older film. This one from nineteen sixty six, starring Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm. Yes, um, yes. It's uh, the first western to hit this list. There are uh, there is a, there is another one, but that's later on. And uh, this one is it, really good. I'm not even a western fan. I'm not particularly. Care I'm not for either. Him. Um, but this one and one that we'll talk about later, um, those stick in my mind as just absolute great western films and ones I can actually stand to watch a second or third time or whenever it's on TV um, number 88 this is one that is probably going to get some laughs um, as to being on, on my list but uh, I'm going to preface it by saying when it came out um, I was under the influence watching it in uh, IMAX 3D and uh, this one is The Amazing Spider-Man Ah, the, yeah. the the newer one with yeah. uh, Andrew Garfield. Yes, the first one, not part two, not the second one. Second one was awful. One. No, the first one was pretty good. Yeah, everybody gave it shit. And was like, uh, I thought it was fine. Um, but I thought it was better than all three of the other Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved it, especially. I don't. Th- I don't. Uh, I, I think a lot of it had to do with uh, seeing it in IMAX. Um, Apparently there were some flaws that people were seeing as far as oh the the lizard looks stupid and blah blah blah. It's like I thought it looked great. I yeah, don't I don't know what y'all were seeing, but I we walked out of there. I came home. This is right before uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh, is that the third one? Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. third one. Right before that came out, I said they that's what they have to they have to step up to that level of them. Of Amazing Spider-Man because I just thought it was that good. Um, You're like, and if they don't, I might yeah. go into a theater and shoot a bunch. Of well, people. I don't. I wasn't going to go that far, but yeah, it's just it was just like that's where they've got to be. It was very comic bookish, and hey, let's not forget it was a comic book. Yeah, you know, sure, there's some things that they had to alter for the for the screen, but people forget that too much with comic book movies. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's, that looked dumb, or why would they do this? It's a freaking comic book. Get over it. So, um, that leads me to number 87. Actually, there's really no lead in. Um, you've already talked about it. It's Dogma. Yeah, My great movie. So, we won't talk anymore about that. Number 86, I go back to 1985, The Breakfast Club. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I actually, 
saw bits and pieces of it when I was a teenager and whatnot, but never really watched it all the way through. It wasn't until after I'd already graduated that I actually started, I, that I actually watched it all the way through, and I've seen it several times since then. That's when you ha- developed your crush for yeah. Mario Estevez. That's right. That's right. You know, you can't get by that Letterman jacket. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that I, cer- I certainly like that one. So, uh, number 85, Total Recall. With Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, the old one? Yes, not the new one. The new one, I'll say this, I'm, I'm not particular to remakes, but the new one isn't that bad. It actually, um, I, I've read the book, and the original or the remake actually is somewhat close to the book, more so than the original, but the original um, is just so freaking out there, and it's just so campy and crazy that you got to love it, so... Um, and I always have, always will. So that's my number 85. Um, I'll go on and uh, I'll go to number, I guess, 75. Um, my number 84. As a kid, as a kid, I was really partial to uh, films that had uh, ensemble casts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clue was one. It's a weird thing to be into as a kid. I know, I know. It, it really is. But. I think what it is is you're, you're so comfortable seeing all these different movie stars, and they're always the star, and then there's always these side characters and people you don't really know. But with this movie and some of the other ones, um, you it takes all those stars and puts it all in one movie. It's like this is this is amazing. So my number eighty four, Cannonball Run. Never seen it. You've never seen it. You got to check it out. Um, it's it's obvi- it starts Burt Reynolds. And, um, yeah, it'll be my den. Yeah. What? Oh, then you'll put it on the list and you'll never watch. <laughs> no, I will watch that. I will tell you. I'll watch that this week just for you. I will not watch Cannonball Run, but go ahead. <laughs> um, but it's, it's about a, uh, it's a race from one, in, from, uh, I think it's from like New York or New Jersey, somewhere around there, all the way to California, it's a cross country, uh, race and everybody's got different cars and so it's a rip off of Death Race 2000. It's like Death Race 2000, except there's no actual killings. It's a comedy. Burt Reynolds, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, I think Joe Namath has got a cameo in this one. Um, oh, Daisy Duke from the Dukes of Hazard is in there. So um, it's it's one that's always it's always stuck with me and I, always been a favorite of mine. Okay, uh, number eighty-three. This one uh, again. I, I, th- I, I should I should say that um, a lot of these picks are probably going to surprise people, so I'm not going to say that before everyone. Um, but number eighty-three is Hot Rod, starring oh Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg, yes, Andy Samberg, John Hader, uh, not John Hader, uh, Bill H- Bill Hader, and it's I laugh at this movie every time I watch it. It's just so freaking funny. It's just so. It's so crazy and uh, ridiculous that uh, I can't help but love it. Number 82, Oscar winner, 2004, Crash. Mm. Starring a very big ensemble cast that, uh, again, Brandon Fraser, that we already talked about earlier. Uh, he's in it. I can't remember who else. Um, <coughs> oh, Jennifer Garner, I think, is it? Yeah. yeah. And there's, then there's uh, just, there, there's so most guests... Yeah, there's there's so many there's so many people in this movie. Um, it's I, I always I like the idea of taking these different lives. That have, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle, yes. Um, these people have all these different lives, and not 
aren't don't even know each other, then all of a sudden they start intersecting with each other. Their paths all intersect. Uh, not even Matt later. Dillon. Yes. So I, that's that's why it's been one of my one of my favorites. It's kind of moved down the list. It started up much higher. Matt uh, Dillon goes from raping what's her name to being like the hero. Yeah, see, the see, that's what I'm saying. It's it's just got all these these twists and turns. Like uh, at one point there's there's the gangbanger. You think that uh, you start to hate him, and then at the end he ends up. Uh, it, his whole character becomes a 180, and you're like, oh, shoot, I kind of feel bad for him now. So it's just one of those things um, that I liked about it. Uh, number 81, Return of the Jedi. My first, uh, the first uh, science fiction film I get. No, I guess Total Recall is kind of science fiction, too, but uh, first Star Wars film, anyway. Um, really not much you can say about it. Everybody knows this movie, but uh, so I'll carry on to number 80, Lost Highway. David Lynch's Lost Highway. This movie is so fucked up. If you haven't seen it and you watch it for the first time, you're not going to understand a lick of what just happened. You're going to say, what the fuck just happened? Because that's what we said. We kind of looked at each other like, I don't get it. I've seen this movie about four or five times, and every time I watch it, I start to understand it a little better. It's just, I can't even go on to explain it. Bill Pullman's in it. He gets a package on the front door, doesn't understand what's going on. He's being watched. He doesn't realize it, but he's being watched by somebody. Um, Patricia Arquette plays his wife. She dies, and he gets framed for it. He's got no idea how it happened, but it turns out that he did do it. It's just the whole thing is so fucked up. It's hard to it's hard to explain it. Uh, hell, like I said, you watch it the first time, and you don't even understand it to begin with. So, uh, I, I suggest everybody get a take a uh, uh, take some time and watch it at some point. Number 79, it's another comedy. It's uh, old school. I think this one pretty much is on, has got to be on everybody's mm-hmm. list. Um, it's funny from top to bottom, especially after, you know, even no matter how many times you see it. Will Ferrell, Luke Wilson, Vince Vaughn. Strong, strong leads. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't beat that. Uh, number 78, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And this is the one with Johnny Depp. This is not the one with Bill Murray. Um... This, I, have you seen Fair and Oh, yeah. Okay. This bat country. Yeah. This this thing is just so crazy, and it's just so humorous. It's such a dark comedy from Terry Gilliam, uh, who directed it, and it's, I, I just love it. I love the first half. The second half, it kind of, I, I personally, I think it kind of fizzles out a little bit. It doesn't have that same spark that the first half had, uh, but I love it so much that that first half that I've still got to include it in here. Uh, number seventy-seven, office space. If you've Good ever, movie. if you've ever worked in an office, you can relate to a lot of the stuff that goes on here. Um, I still use a lot of the jokes that are said in here. It's you know, don't worry, nobody's gonna get fired. It's not Friday. Yeah, you know that's what you know. So, so uh, yeah, I, I can just relate to a lot of it, especially working in uh, working in an office. Uh, speaking of Friday. <clears throat> That is my number 76. Which Friday. one? Friday. The original? The original. With uh, Ice Cube and uh, Chris Tucker. Seen this thing so many times and uh, always not sober yeah. <laughs> for the most part. It's just like, it's, that, was all, that's always, that was always our go-to movie. It's like, let's watch Friday. Okay. It's either that or like two other. Friday after next or yeah. next Friday. Yeah. 
So, um, so that one, there's so many quotable lines in the film. It's, it's just absolutely hilarious. And finally, my number 75. This is another one of those films that uh, was on that list um, of movies you just had to put in when you're sitting around hanging out with your buddies. Grandma's Boy. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty high on my list, too. So, uh, such a good, so funny. Yeah. It's, it's, Everything about it. Yeah, it's absolutely hilarious. You could watch it over and over again, too. Yeah. And, and, if, and there's even stuff that's hidden in the background that, mm-hmm. that you may not notice the first time, but you say, say oh, wait a minute, look. You know, like uh, Nick Swartzen on, uh, actually, it was on Adam Sandler's, uh, on one of Adam Sandler's CDs, uh, Gay Robot. I don't remember if you remember the skits that Nick Swartzen did as Gay Robot. It was uh, Adam Sandler be hanging out. He's like, hey, uh, my neighbor, uh, Gay Robot's going over. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's pretty cool. And then it's Nick Swartzen comes in. He's like, hey, that's a nice dick you have there. You know, yeah. he'd say, you know he'd, say, he'd say stuff like that. Well, if you look in the background of one of the scenes in the video game offices, you see a pig poster for Gay Robot. <laughs> you know, it's just stuff like that. You don't notice on the first time. But, uh, but yeah, absolutely hilarious. Such a good movie. Oh, okay, so I'm on uh, 84? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. The Karate Kid. Okay. Not with Jaden Smith. No. Not with Hilary Swank. I don't think that would, I don't think that would make any list. With Ralph Macchio. That is the only Karate Kid. He is the man who will fight for your honor. <clears throat> I don't He'll think be that the hero you've been looking for. I don't think Karate Kid made my list. Oh my god! Wax on, wax off. That part the just whole funny. the whole movie is just amazing. Come on, wax off is funny. You were, like it even now it even holds up now. I watched it last summer. I was in a hotel in Texas, like during the day, and it came on like Spike TV or something. Yeah, and it holds up. It's a good movie now. It's not even though it's still cheesy eighties and everything, but it's still a good movie. Uh, number eighty three, Rocky three. Clubber Lang, Thunderlips. Ah, the See, the Rocky movie where you know he gets his he gets his ass whooped. First time Rocky really gets his ass whooped. See, I'm not big on number three. Number one, I like. I like number four, obviously, because that's everybody loves that. Um, two and three, eh. three, three's, three was a it was such a good transition film from when because Rocky two. He was uh, Rocky was beloved. Threes when they introduced him as he became an icon, and they're basically were going off of kind of real life where Stallone was at that point. He was becoming an icon, and the Rocky movies were getting bigger than movies themselves. So it was a really good, and I I really liked what they did, like the way that you know, like the way they killed off Mickey. I thought was was well done. Having him die, you know, mm-hmm. before the big fight and everything else, and it's this—it's—it's it's the redemption story of himself. He has to redeem himself, you know. That's the movie that made Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it made it mainstream. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it totally did. It I mean, helped. I mean, that and WrestleMania one. Yeah, well, that's what got him. I think that's what uh, shot him into stardom on WWE or at the time WWF uh, because he wasn't that household name yet. He had just. He had done that. He had gone back to, uh, I think, AWA. He wasn't in WWF just yet. I think when the film came out or just after it, that's when Vince signed him 
and then that's when they took off the. But wait, look up the year the movie came out. Uh, all right, hold on, keep talking. Well, wait, actually, I guess if I click on it, I probably should. Tell yeah, me. if you put your, uh, you, there you go, came out eighty two. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so, that was that was about two years before Hulkamania. Yeah, so, so and that, so Vince used that. As no, 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 I'm sorry. No, that was right when. Yeah, that was right before because '83 was WrestleMania one. He'd already been the champ, so this must have been right before he beat the Sheik. I th- yeah, I think what happened was I'm trying to remember because I just saw this. Um, I heard heard him on a podcast or something. He had been the champ, then gone back. He had dropped the title, gone back to AWA or one, or one of those other smaller uh, league or federations. Not federations, but you know what I mean. Associations, territories, territories. Thank you. Um, and then, when the movie came out, Vince is back on the phone, you know. So yeah, so that's what he saw a star. Yeah, oh yeah, he saw he saw the potential there. So, and then the Sheik is actually side note, funny thing. Um, the Sheik is actually who helped Hogan in this whole. If it hadn't been for the Iron Sheik, Hogan wouldn't have had that because Sheik dropped the title to Hogan. Well, yeah, yeah. I was just I, I say I say that because I just watched the, the documentary. Most, he's one of the most hated heels ever. Yeah, I just watched the documentary on Iron Sheik and catch it on Netflix. Great film. Uh, I, I highly suggest it if you're a wrestling fan uh, to check it out. But back to your list. Right, number eighty two, Happy Gilmore. Okay. Yeah, movie I watched probably over a hundred times in high school. And yeah. it's a, again, it's a movie that still to this day. I haven't watched it in a while, so I bet if I go back and watch it now, I'm going to think it's hilarious. You know, uh, just it has everything. Kind of a kind of interesting. Has Apollo Creed. Mm. I mean, you, you know, you got Apollo yeah. Creed with with his hand. Yeah. Uh, it's just the whole movie was just funny. It was it was it was honestly it was when we all agreed that Adam Sandler was just funny. Yeah. You know, like it was before there was all the hatred for him. And granted, he's put out some awful movies, but if you had a chance to get paid. Twenty thirty million dollars to go take a dream vacation. You would have no problem making those shitty movies too. Yeah. So let's get off your high horse. Well, uh, everything else. I, I, I think a lot of people give him shit too about it because they want the Billy Madison. Yeah, they want the happy you know what? He's evolved. He's got a family. He's not. He wouldn't be funny being these characters anymore. You yeah. know, it wouldn't be. He wouldn't be. It's not. Yeah, he's be- not young enough. Those characters are twenty something. Yeah, he is now in his late forties. Here's here's how you know you're growing up when you start to look back. And start to agree with Eric from Billy Madison. You know? Like, well, why the fuck should he not? Why should he be pissed off that this kid who's done nothing but get high and drunk every day yeah. is taking over a company he thought he was in line for? How would you feel if you didn't get big promotion at work because of the boss's kid? Yeah. You know? You wouldn't find him lovable and entertaining. Oh, yeah. No. When you're an adult, you realize, like, fuck that guy. You know? Same thing with wrestling. Uh... Totally agree with Macho Man Randy Savage in the Mega Powers feud. I'm like, you know what? Hulk, that was his woman. Why? You, you're being a little creepy. The yeah. Hulkster. Like, you don't... When you're a kid, you see things differently. When you're an adult, you see things oh, a little God, more realistically. So, uh, yeah, I, I love Happy Gilmore. I think it was, it was before, you know, Adam Sandler had aged out of that character. Mm-hmm. It was right in the prime of that character. And, I mean, still, that scene with Bob Barker is still one of the most iconic comedy movie scenes of all time did you see the the thing that they did um the night of the night of comedy all-stars or whatever for comedy central this was last month they did oh they recreated the fight scene yeah i heard about it i actually didn't get to see it yeah it was pretty funny because then they both die at the end (laughs) and 
there waiting for him is, is the alligator and uh, Chubbs. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he's got his hand back. <laughs> uh, 81, he got game. Yeah. Spike Lee joint. Yeah. Uh, Ray Allen, Denzel Washington. Uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Uh, basically... <laughs> That well, really his name in the movie Ray Allen, yeah. Oh, that was his, that was a character name. I thought it was somebody's real name. No, uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. He was basically LeBron before LeBron. Uh, he was the biggest star in the world, and it's basically a story of his uh, recruitment to college. Uh, he is recruited heavily by his father, who goes to prison when he is a young child because he, uh, while while being rough with his mother. He accidentally kills her. He's, he's, he's being abusive, but he doesn't mean, mean to kill her. He throws her to the ground. She hits her head on the corner of a counter, and it causes brain damage, and she dies. And so Jesus is raised by his aunt and uncle, and it becomes... Jesus a, is raised? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he, he's, <laughs> it only took three days. It was a really strange childhood. But he... He is, uh, he's raised by his uh, aunt and uncle, and his father is told by the warden of the prison that he is in because he's such a huge fan of the state college. That's, that's the best part. Big state. Uh, if if he can convince him to go to big state, then, uh, he'll get, he'll get out of uh, prison early. Um, that's just lazy writing. It's like, come on, create a a name for a college. If you're not going to use a real college, just at least make one. Well, but I mean, but. Name it State. Well, I mean, it may have had another name. They referred to it as Big State, I think. I don't know. I I haven't seen it in a few years, so I don't want to harp harp too much (laughs) on it. Um, Then number uh, 80 is. and I was trying to think of one of those movies we said earlier that I wanted to include in here. Uh, I already had one. I already saw I had one of them. The other one I can't remember that I wanted to include. It must not have been that good. Obviously, because I'm going to have to just go with... Uh, so, uh, five-year engagement. Which I was... Yeah, it's it's a good movie. Jason Siegel. Yeah, that's what I was thinking it was. Uh, basically, it's story of... Uh, it's a story of a guy's five-year relationship. Uh, you get, they get engaged, this couple. Um, they... She ends up getting an opportunity to go work somewhere else in Michigan. So he is a chef, leaves behind what he's doing, goes to work in Michigan. He's miserable. And it's just a story of a – it's like a realistic relationship yeah, that people go through. It's, a, it's – it's, but it's – there's some really – I think it's really underrated for some really funny scenes they have. The scene where he's wearing the bunny suit and she comes downstairs because he's in the middle of like this huge depression. And she's like uh, – Wearing the bunny suit, huh? He's like, yeah, I think it's a it's a bunny suit type of day. And this is in context. You go watch it. It's got some really funny moments. Uh, the scene where he gets obsessed with becoming a beekeeper and he's talking about the honey he makes and everything else. It's just really, really funny. Uh, but moving on, like I said, it's not the strongest one. I was going to yeah. replace it with one of those other ones, but that was already on the list. And then the other one I couldn't think so of. I was screwed. I couldn't think of. Like, I kind of want to go back and look at your list to see where... Hold on. Yeah, I wanted to see like where maybe I had I had forgotten about uh, one of them. Yeah, no, it's it's still not coming to me. Okay. So uh, moving on, um, my number because we're going to seventy five, right? So yeah. seventy nine, right? Yeah, seventy nine. Uh, role models. I liked that movie. Paul Rudd and uh, 
uh, Sean William Scott, um, and just another one of those amazing comedies that comes around every so often, like in old school, where it's just universally everybody agrees it's funny. That's from the, I believe it's the same writers as Wanderlust. Yeah. Uh, it's the same a lot, whole, of the, a lot of the same characters. Jane Lynch, yeah. who seems she's obviously not Wanderlust, but she's in a lot of the the Paul Rudd. She's in Forty Old Virgin. Yeah, Forty Old Virgin. And, well, you had uh, Carrie Kenning. And her character in there, in because uh, what's what's the wings? What is it? Uh, oh, um, helping wings. No, it's uh sheltered wings. Sheltering wings, I think. I don't think that's right. Yet. You know, I'm gonna look, look. sturdy wings. Is it Sturdy Wings? No. Let's see. Role models. Sturdy Wings, yeah. Is it sturdy? sturdy Wings. It is. Okay. Yeah, Sturdy Wings. But the part where she's, where she's, she, you, you see the video, and she, she's wearing the same, she comes from behind the TV. Oh, yeah. Like, from off, like, on the camera. She go, That is so fun. It's so good. It's just, it's a little attention to detail, and it's just... If you've ever been in, in in similar types of situations, like you're like that's spot on, yeah. like that's spot on, like boiler room, how boiler room captured what it was like to be in a sleazy sales environment. This movie to me captured like you know mm-hmm. the funny side of all that stuff. But uh, number seventy eight, is that right? Yeah. Um, Austin Powers, <sighs> International Man of Mystery. Now, see that one used to be on my list. I think it's a forgotten kind I think people forget because it's one of those movies it's not going to necessarily hold up you know like you, you it doesn't you can't watch it now but you have but you have to remember for its time it was huge it was so funny it, it, it was and like I said it was on my top 100 I watched it um, last year we introduced it to my daughter for the first time and watching them, I'm like, hey, man, I'm just... Does she great. love it? Nah. How old is she? She's 12. Okay. My, I think my daughter would love it. I actually might show it tomorrow. Because, I mean, you got to remember, it kind of snuck up out of nowhere, too. Remember? Like, when oh, it came yeah. out, like, people weren't... It wasn't like, oh, it's this huge movie coming out. Mike Myers was... I mean, he was a big star from, like, Wayne's World and stuff. But it had been a few years since Wayne's World. And then, like, I just remember, like, at the everybody... T- once you saw it, you were just like, oh, my God. Like, how did... How did I not know about this? We saw, I saw it twice in the theater, if that says anything. Uh, the, do you remember when the sequel came out? Yeah. How? And honestly, I probably could have put the sequel above this. I actually like the second one was my favorite with Heather Graham. Yeah. Uh, but I remember when that second one came out, I remember being in line for hours to get tickets really? to go see it back then. That doesn't happen nearly as much anymore. Nah. Uh, but I remember, yeah, I can remember having to, like, we had to get there. I think we went to like a like a seven o'clock showing on like a Friday night, and we had to get there at like four o'clock and get our tickets because, and then you had to wait like over an hour for them to get you know everybody into the theater, and it was just it was a madhouse. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was on my list, and then after watching it uh, last year, I was I was gritting my teeth at a lot of the jokes. I didn't find them that funny. Uh, I even thought a lot of the jokes were very timely, meaning that at the time, yeah, they were funny, but now. It's well, but, like, yeah, but that's it. I know, but that's what I'm saying. That's that's, that's, that's why a hard it took a hit for me. Yeah, that's a, because it was a it was a topical comedy. It was yeah. like a Naked Gun. Yeah. Naked Gun doesn't hold up now. Yeah, see, because the jokes are outdated. Yeah. you know you, and you also have to remember a lot of the jokes from Austin Powers 
got ran into the ground by everybody else yeah. parroting them yeah. that you kind of it kind of like they take the blunt of it yeah. for starting it you know but in fact they were kind of the pioneers that movie was a pioneer for a lot of jokes there's still a lot of things anytime somebody says one million dollars what's the first thing you think of is putting your pinky up to your fucking yeah. mouth yeah I, yeah I get it I mean I do it too so it's still, it's an iconic movie, uh, and the next film I have on my list, number uh, seventy-seven, is uh, along those same lines, Tommy Boy. See, I don't find a lot of jokes in there very timely, so I think I, th- I love that movie too. Uh, it's not it didn't make my list, but it is one that if it's on TV, I'll watch it. Yeah, and it's still funny, but there's also still some some parts that now I look at as kind of cheesy because of how, you know, it's again, it's a, it, the movie's probably what, 25 years old now? Um, I think it just, I think, uh, David Spade actually just posted something recently that, like, within the last couple of weeks saying it's like the 20th anniversary or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an older film, but it's, again, it's, it's a good movie. It still holds up. Uh, it's, it's, it was sad. Like I think I, I like I loved Chris Farley, but I also thought his movies were a little overrated. Like I didn't think he had that many great movies. I thought Tommy Boy was the best. And Black then, Sheep is Black Sheep's okay. It's okay, but it's almost it's almost a carbon copy of Tommy Boy, in a way. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's he's the brother of a politician. Yeah, not, in a vague but, spectrum. Yeah, yeah. The movie itself is different. I just didn't think the movie was nearly as strong. And like, I didn't like Beverly Hills Ninja. I don't even think I've seen that all the way through. Me I wasn't a huge Chris Farley fan. Yeah, I liked him, and I liked him on SNL. But uh, I, Tommy Boy is really the only movie of his I really, really got into. I've of, I've often said this too, um, especially after uh, Grown Ups came out and Unnatural Grown Ups too. Would Farley have played the Kevin James character, and would Kevin James be going, "Man, I wish I had a career"? Yeah. Would it be? Would Chris Farley be Paul Blart Ball Cop? That's a possibility. Yeah. You know, it's like. No, nah, he would have. He would have. He would have had another heart attack at some point over the last fifteen, twenty years. Well, maybe so, but he might not be dead either. Uh, my number seventy-six is. Uh, and this is uh, in your wheelhouse. It's the uh, Star Wars Episode Four, the original Star Wars, which makes no sense. Episode Four, uh, but I'm sure we'll get into that one uh, later. So yeah. we'll move on. Uh, everybody knows that movie, anyways. Uh, my number seventy-five, the program. One of the best sports movies ever. One of the best, uh, probably maybe the best football movie. Uh, ever, it's an inside look at the dirty world of uh, of college athletics, including money. The college I thought it was high school. No, it's college. Okay. Uh, and uh, you know, performance enhancing drugs and everything else. And it was just. It also caused a bunch of kids to die, and had a scene that had to be edited out for I think ever. I don't think it's ever been. Put out a version with it in there where they. Uh, surpri- I would be surprised in this day and age that they haven't re put it back in. Yeah. Uh, be- just because, because when things like that happen, everybody um, gets all in a fluster and they start, you know, going overboard with things that that really don't. Need you don't know what we're talking about, by the way. There's there used to be a scene in the movie where they haze the freshmen by making them lay down in the middle of the street, wasn't it? Yeah. And uh, while cars go past them, and some dumbass kids did it and got ran over. So that was and so they're oh we got to take that out yeah so they had to take it out of the movie and 
and ended up probably getting the movie more attention than it may have would have had yeah. beforehand, so it probably did better for him, but it's a good football I movie. I still haven't even seen it, so... Um, but moving on, so I'm going to go to 65, right? Uh, yeah. All right, so number uh, 74 is uh, Billy Madison, the original Adam Sandler goofy comedy. Um, I just watched it last month. Yeah, and it's I, that movie holds up uh, to me. Comedy Central likes to air it, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, and and it keeps Adam Sandler true. Like it, it, it shows the younger generation. Like this is what he was. Yeah. This is why we all still love him. You know, from that age. Because if you if you're if you're thirty to forty, I'd say you have to kind of love Adam Sandler, regardless of Jack and Jill and everything. Yeah. else. you got to kind of love him. At least at least Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Yeah, you got to have the nostalgic yeah. feel to it. The um, penguin and the penguin in that movie cracks me up though. Oh yeah, absolutely. The fact that he thinks that the penguin well, is cheating with it just with his oh, girlfriend. I'm so sorry to interrupt. <laughs> Proceed. That's one of the funniest. Yeah, she looked around like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Uh, number seventy-three. Yes. Uh, Ace Ventura. That's that, a, a similar to Adam Sandler, another guy who used to be a comedy legend or was going to be a comedy legend. Uh, well, still technically, technically, yeah, I'm using man, air quotes. Yeah, he's he's kind of falling off. It's yeah. sad too because he's so talented. Uh, number seventy-two, basketball. I love anything Trey Parker and Matt Stone do, and uh, this was their first shot at a movie. And uh, nope, second, second orgasmo. I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, first mainstream movie. Yeah, that was in like theaters and stuff. And two guys invent a sport, and it's just classic South Park humor. Yeah. It's crude. Uh, it's very edgy, especially for the time, and it's just funny. It's just really, really funny. Uh, 71, Clueless. I was talking, uh, to my good friend Dustin Ibarra. Uh, <laughs> He's your good friend now? About, well, okay. I worked with him. So we, but we were talking about this. We were talking about how this was such an underrated movie. How, how this movie is, it got, it got this wrong perception that it was like a chick flick. It's just a comedy. It's just so fucking funny. You had Donald Faison. Uh, you had Paul Rudd, Lisa Silverstone, Stacey Dash. Uh, now here, the here's, vampire Stacey. Well, Dash. no, here's 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 the other thing I found interesting. We were talking about this. Uh, so yeah, we, we we talked about this in previous episodes. You had uh, it's weird with this movie. You had uh, Stacey Dash, who never really aged. You have Paul Rudd, who never really aged, and you have Brittany Murphy, who never really aged. I don't know where to laugh at that. Should I laugh at that? I don't know. Number 70. <laughs> That's so bad. Uh, number 70 is Superman. The original. Oh, yeah. Christopher of the, the good Superman. Yeah. Uh, amazing. It was groundbreaking at the time. It was... It was it was a comic book movie when people kind of thought comic book movies wouldn't work. And... There's, and, and there's not they, much you can nitpick about it. And what what they pulled off with the technology that they had at the time yep. um, is, is is amazing. Um, sure, the story is not wonderful. It's it's good. It's good enough. I mean, again, it's a, it's a comic book. Well, and Superman's it's, a hard story to tell because it's hard to make him look vulnerable. And Christopher Reeves did that. Yeah. He added vulnerability to where you could actually buy into it, you know, because... 
Otherwise, like, that's why I never thought Superman was as good of a character as Batman, because there were no flaws to Superman. Batman had flaws, you know? He was real. The thing that always killed me and still does about Superman is when Clark Kent is wearing glasses, he's Clark Kent. Nobody can see that if you just add glasses to Superman, then it's freaking Clark Kent. Yeah. People are so dumb. But anyhow. Well, they're also comic book characters. Yeah, I know. Um, Number 69... At 69. I should have made Billy Madison that number. should have been Bill and Ted. Um, so, uh, did you say Bill and Ted? Yeah. Yeah, because there's a joke in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh. They say 16. What number am I thinking of? 69, dude. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my 69 is uh, Bad Boys. Will Smith, Martin Lawrence. Now, this may be a little bit more nostalgic. That is a great movie, by the way. And especially when it came out at the time, you had... It, it was good enough to make you believe Martin Lawrence could be kind of a badass cop like that. Like, he played that character very well. They, they, they did a good job of, ma- of making it to where he was believable as a, as a Miami cop. Um, but it's just, it's Will Smith, it's Martin Lawrence, Tia Leone, and it's funny. It's got a ton of action. And it was that it's Will Smith. Michael Bader acted. Who cares? It was Will Smith <laughs> at the height of his powers, you know? Well, I, t- I, t- I tell you, it's funny that... Well, Mike Lowry, it's, King Dingaling. It's it's funny that you picked that one, because uh, this week... Or no, it wasn't this week. I think it was last week or the week before. Uh, there's a YouTube channel um, called uh, Cinema Sins, where they will take a movie, and they'll call out the bullshit throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Bad Boys was, was one of them. And it just came out, like, last week or the week before. And you got to watch it sometime when you get a chance. It's funny, because they just start going... They just start pointing out different different stuff. Well, yeah, it's not real. It's not a well, documentary. They, it's meant to be funny. Though. Well, yeah, it's not, no, it's I not, get they're it. They're not going, hey, this couldn't happen. But it's meant to be funny. They they jo- they joke around. We need to stuff. do that with uh, wrestling. Yeah, we but, need to watch old wrestling pay per views and just commentate. Okay, we can't have no, we got to stop having production meetings yeah, while we're doing the podcast. So sixty eight, moving right along. Sixty eight, um, National Lampoon's Van Wilder. This was my college movie. Came out my freshman year of college. Uh, and everybody, in, if you were in college in the year 2000, um, this was the movie that you watched. I did like it. I Sorry, 2002 was my second year of college. <laughs> like my, it was my, I remember it came out early in 2002. I watched it at Vincent's. But everybody, if you were in college at this point in time, this was kind of your Bible. Yeah, I liked this movie, and uh, I liked Ryan Reynolds. I run, uh, you know, he gives everybody gives him a lot of shit for for the movies, but um, I I did like He's great. the thing I thought that was interesting was his the way he portrayed this character was much like Fletch was I, I totally saw Chevy Chase when he was doing this character, and I think at the time there was even rumors that he might play Fletch in a new Fletch film. Um, so as every time I see it, I just see Chevy Chase. Oh, I also had Cal Penn, yeah, who is. I think he's a, he's a guy who's underrated because I think he's extremely funny and doesn't give enough credit for being funny. Uh, number 67, Wayne's World. One. What first. are you going to do? Uh, the, I mean, you have great cameo by Ed O'Neill as the psychopathic <laughs> donut store yeah. baker. Uh, you have just the whole movie. It has... Uh, God, it's just... Everything about this movie was so funny at that time. Like, this was the first real absurd comedy I saw. All right, number uh, 66, Boys in the Hood. Boys in the Hood are always hard. Ice Cube, Cuba Gooding Jr., 
uh, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, John Singleton's uh, first first foray into the uh, urban street life. Uh, Tupac Shakur was actually originally uh, he wanted to originally put him in uh, Boys in the Hood. I, I, didn't I think it was going to be Ice Cube's part, maybe. But uh, no, actually, he was going to. Pl- I think he was going to play. Uh, was it Cuba Gooding Jr.'s part? No, he, I think he was going to play the dude that. Uh, that was uh, Islamic, that had converted to Islam. That, you know, you're thinking of Minister Society. You're right. Um, but no, it's, a, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a classic movie. It's a good movie. Um, it's nowhere, Have I don't think it it's... Have you watched it recently? Huh? Have you watched it recently? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's, it still holds up. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's nowhere good when you're going to compare it to like, you know, like a Minister Society uh, or something, but it's it's still a good movie. But uh, moving on, number sixty uh, five. Sixty five is uh, Hellboy. Wow, that's surprising. I love that movie. Um, I watched it for the first time. Like, cause what year did that come out? I didn't see it like initially when it when it was in theaters. I didn't see it in theaters. Two thousand and four. Yeah, I watched it around two thousand and six when I was going through a lot of personal stuff. And for some reason, the movie always made me feel better. You know, I don't know why. It was that a, it was a weird thing. Made I was you glad that you weren't from hell. I think maybe, or yeah. maybe it made me wish that there were monsters that would come tear apart Indianapolis. But uh, I just there was something about that movie that was just soothing and comforting, and I just used to watch it all the time. But uh, yeah, love that movie. Didn't like the sequel that much. Yeah. I thought it was okay, but the first one it's just great comic book movie. Funny. Uh, Ron Perlman is a man. The dude can do no wrong. Even though I've never watched Sons of Anarchy in my life because I hate motorcycles, um, but yeah, that's my uh, that's number sixty five. Okay, so my number seventy four. Uh, this one is an older film, not as old as some of the other ones, uh, but it's from nineteen seventy five. It's starring Al Pacino, Dog Day Afternoon. He plays a, a guy who uh, robs a bank and is is, hold, is holding hostages. I don't want to spoil this. Um, as to why he's robbing the bank. Um, when that movie came out? 1975. Yeah, I think people have kind of ruined their chance. Okay. He robs the bank because, shocker, he's gay and his boyfriend is wanting to get a, uh, a sex change. Ah. So, yeah. hoo hoo So, yeah. So, that was... Uh, so, it may... It all... He doesn't kill anybody. He doesn't want to. Um, so, you know, he, and that's not revealed until the end. So now you're now you're kind of feeling starts to kind of change a little bit um, when you find that out. So it's kind of uh, it's, it's a really good movie. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, number seventy three, Harlem Nights. Ah, classic. Yes, um, this one still holds up. I watched it again last year, and um, not only is it funny, but it's just. Um, it's it's also very serious at times too, and um, great cast: Red Fox, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy. There's three comedy legends right there. Well, two at least, and uh, <laughs> all three. Yeah, yeah, and then and then of course all the side characters as well too. I mean, it's just it's just an, an amazing movie. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, number seventy two: uh, Life of Pi. This one fucked me up. Because after you know you watch it, and I'm like okay, you know, not the big deal. And then you find out at the end 
that did it really happen that way or did it happen another way? And it's like, oh, that's one of those that makes you think. But obviously, it didn't happen that way. Well. Obviously, there wasn't a tiger on a boat with him along with a or, giant whale that he saw or an island that ate people. Like, that. That obviously, it was the situation he came up with his, with his mind to justify murdering that guy that murdered his mom. Yeah, but I just I just thought it was... I, but you don't even realize that that's the case. I, up no, until, no, no, yeah, Up until no. the end, you're thinking that's the way it all happened. Well, no, but don't act like it's this big mind fuck where you're going, was it or wasn't? No, you know. I, 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 just, I just thought the ending was, was really good, and... Uh, but number 71, Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Hmm. Maybe scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. This one did freak me out. A no. scene where the, they walk in and the guy's got his fucking eyes yeah. poked out and shit right yeah. early on. Ugh. Still. Yeah. I mean, uh, I watched this. The first time I watched this was uh, probably tw- not even 20 years ago. And... When I got done watching it, like a day or two later, I go out, I left my apartment, I go outside, and where I was parking my car was underneath one of those little, like, uh, a shelter type thing. And I swear to God this happened. This is only a couple of days after watching it. I go out there, there's birds are dive bombing me. And, of course, the only thing I could think about was this damn movie. So, so because of that, that's kind of uh, stuck in my head. I know it's kind of a lame excuse for for like this, a movie, this, but uh, also that scene where, like, they're in the school or whatever, and then it's all the birds are just out on the. Yeah, I mean, there there's some great shots. It's just you know that are really in, in any other movie wouldn't you know you'd be like oh, a bunch of birds, but in this, just with the mu- I think combined with the music, it's just it's just a really it, very really, ominous. Yeah, crazy. Number seventy. This one took a bit. It wore on me a little bit. I saw it in the theater for the, f- the first time it came out. It was like, eh, it was all right. But I've seen it several times since then on TV. And every time I like it more. Dinner for Schmucks. Yeah, it's a good movie. Paul Rudd and Steve Carell. Yeah, it's funny. And it's just, it's hilarious. Lucy Punch is downright hilarious as the psycho, psycho uh, ex-girlfriend. It's if you haven't seen it, definitely watch this. It's so so freaking funny. Um, number sixty nine, and I think actually going back to that one, I think uh, I think that's from the same people that do role models and the writers of role models and all that. Too. Yeah, so, so it's still the same family. Um, number sixty nine, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Now, this one I think is underrated as far as co- this was a comic book originally, and still is. But uh, I, th- I don't. I think it's pretty underrated. A lot of people don't like uh, Michael Sarah. Is that where he fights the dude, the girl's ex boyfriend? Yeah. I start. I didn't care for that movie. Yeah. See, see, a lot of people don't care for it. I didn't even finish. But I didn't finish watching it too, so I shouldn't say. I I just I maybe it was the timing as well, but I just remember turning it on, getting maybe twenty minutes in, and just being like, oh, that's kind of boring. Yeah, I've I've seen this movie several times, and I just I just get a, I just get a kick out of it. Um, number sixty eight. Field of Dreams. Oh my god, that would be like number one of my least favorite movies ever. <laughs> oh. Now, this one ranks up there with probably it's probably my favorite baseball movie, and uh, I, I think I first watched it when I was in high school. And but like I I watch it so, so many times, and then it's just that scene at the end when he's talking to his dad, and it's just like. You can't help, you can't help but to get a little misty-eyed, except for you, apparently. 
Have you seen How High? Yes. You know the Did part. You get misty in that movie. No, but you know the part where uh, you know the part where like uh, like he has to watch Field of Dreams, but he smokes the weed, and so he sees Tracy Morgan <laughs> as you know just in a field, just be like Eddie Crazy O. <laughs> like, I'd rather watch an entire movie of Tracy Morgan doing that, is that Field of Dreams, than the actual Field of Dreams. Oh, I just, I don't like Kevin Costner. Yeah. And I saw it was so fucking boring. Okay. Uh, number 67, Young Frankenstein. Oh, classic. Yes, I love this movie. Um, you know, it's black and white, so I'm surprised you like it. And uh, it's... Gene Wilder, Mel Brooks. I love Gene Wilder. Yeah, Gene Wilder's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Number 66, Full Metal Jacket. Ah! Yeah, again, like Westerns, I'm not big, I'm not much of an, of a, of a, uh, an army movie fan. I don't really like them that much, because even though there's explosions, and that tends to be my, um, the thing that I like about movies, I, I just don't. Ten, I just don't really like them, but Full Metal Jacket, I really do. Um, again, I, I think, like uh, Fear and Loathing, I think the first half, I really like. The second half, it's good, but there's just so many iconic uh, iconic things that happen in the first half of the movie that that I, I just like it so much. Uh, that brings me to 65. What am, I, what am I going to here? Am I going to 65? Well, why don't you just go to 50? Okay. Do your last, because then it'd be your turn to do 10 more anyway, so okay. might as well do the last 15. All right. Uh, number 65, Final Destination. And uh, I saw this when it came out in the theaters. I thought it was amazing. The, the writing, the the, the the way that uh, the way that they explained things. It was just, it was That's so different. That's an underrated different. film, too. It was so different. I mean, like, like Scream was when it came out, this one, um, there was just... It, it, it did things in the horror genre that you hadn't seen before. Uh, naturally, there were four movies that came after it, which pretty much copied it. So you really can't, um, you know, those were kind of like, eh, well, they did it once before. Fun fact, uh, years ago, I actually slept with an extra from, I believe it was uh, the fourth movie, wherever the one for the, uh, the, with the car. The racetrack. Racetrack. It was a girl. I went to high school with her, apparently, but I never knew her in high school. Um, but, uh, yeah, she had, like, she was living somewhere, New Orleans or somewhere, wherever they filmed that. And you could see her visibly. Like, if you watch the movie, you could see her a few times sitting behind the main characters in, the, like, the NASCAR place. Well, let's go ahead and pause this. I've got it right over there. We'll go watch <laughs> it. We'll find it. No, um, number 64 for me is Sucker Punch. Everybody that I hear hates this movie. They thought it was so stupid. I liked it. Sue me. It's, uh, again, it's just one of the things that kind of makes you think a little bit uh, as to what was really going on. Obviously, there weren't giant monsters that were that they were having to shoot and, and, and slice up with, with uh, machetes or uh, ninja blades or whatever. But I just thought it was, I thought it was a fun, I thought it was a different looking movie and I really liked it. Number 63, we're going back to the 80s. We're going, uh, I think it was the 80s. Yep, 88. Beetlejuice. Don't say it two more times. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> no, seriously, um, I really really like this. This is uh, one of Tim Burton's, in my opinion, one of his probably best films, um, along with uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Um, 
But, uh, you know, Beetlejuice is an iconic figure. I mean, if you haven't seen it, why? Why Why haven't you? Go watch it. Uh, number 62. Uh, we're hitting, hitting Mel Brooks again with Blazing Saddles. Um, again, it's another one of those iconic films that... Uh, iconic comedy films. There's so many good jokes, so many racial jokes that... Um, yeah, I know. Surprise, surprise, I think are hilarious. Um, but you know, it's just, you can't, it's not totally his, not totally, uh, his fault. Richard Pryor did write a lot of that stuff. So, you know, um, but yeah, just a hilarious movie. Number 61, Higher Learning. Ah. Yeah. This movie. Oh my God. If you haven't seen this movie, take a moment and see this movie. John Singleton directed Ice Cube's in it. Michael Rappaport's in it. Uh, Omar Epps is in it, which we've already talked about him before in this episode. Um, Christy Swanson, who who we mentioned in one of the other movies that's on our list, um, she's in it as well. There's so much going on about race, sexual uh, orientations. It's just it's it's a really good movie, and uh, and it's. When I saw it, we saw it in the theaters, and it was actually the the where I saw it was in a uh, in a black neighborhood, and so watching this is making me go. Have you seen Have you seen Higher Learning? Years ago. Okay, so so you know the the type, the racial tension. Oh yeah. In it. And so I'm watching it going. Sinking down my seat a little bit. Trying to think of as much Spanish as you yeah. can. That, that ain't that's not me. No, and 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 I was with uh, with the guy that I worked with who happened to be black as well too. So that made it who ha- who happened to be yeah. who was the only who you went and found and was like, yeah. hey, will you go watch Higher Learning with yeah. me at this neighborhood? Yeah, look, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm with him. No, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a real it's a really good film. Really, uh, really, and the soundtrack is awesome too. Um, which yes, I do have that one too. I think, yeah, I think I do. Number 60. We go back to the 50s. Nope, 1960. Um, Ocean's Eleven, the original. Oh, not, wow. not the George Clooney, but the Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, uh, Angie Dickinson. This movie is awesome. I mean, for the t- for if you haven't seen it, it's very similar to the remake, except the stuff that they do in this film I thought was very... Creative, considering the time frame. Like I said, it was 1960, and they're dealing with uh, you know blue lights and fingerprints and stuff. I'm like, wow, that's pretty pretty high tech for that time period. And it's it's a great film. It's a great movie. It's a great uh, heist film. Number 59, a movie that you have already stated before on the show that you do not like, Red State. Oh yeah, I just yeah, I saw. I, I mean, I like parts of it, but. I, thought, I don't know. It wasn't as good as I was expect, like as I was hoping it was going to yeah. be. Yeah, I, I saw this when uh, Kevin Smith was touring it around, so I saw it with a bunch of people that really wanted to see it. So that kind of made uh, the environment that I was in uh, a little bit better, I think. And it was just it was crazy to see Kevin Smith go from comedy writing to uh, pretty much action, and uh, and yeah, it was, I thought it was a great film. Uh, number fifty eight, The Dark Knight. I mean, what can we say that hasn't already been said on a previous episode about this movie? It's a great film. Heath Ledger's great as the Joker, and uh, and uh, so you know, not not much else we can say on that. Number fifty-seven, 
It's an anthology horror film that I love. And I'm glad it came out. I'm glad it didn't sit on the shelf like it did for it did for years before it actually came out. And I'm glad they finally released it. Trick or treat. Oh yeah, I just saw that uh, last Halloween. That's a really good movie. Um, I, I I love this. I've seen it several times, and it's it's an amazing it's an amazing film and um, really underrated. I don't think many people I don't think as many people have seen it that should see it. Number fifty six is a film that. Um, I think is where we are headed as a society. Now the movie is Idiocracy. Idiocracy. Yep, love that movie. Yes, I'm. You know, my, I think Michael Judge, Mike Judge nailed it when uh, he, when he wrote this. This thing is it, it's it is our society. I see it every day, uh, but the jokes in it are just so damn hilarious. So um, yeah, every time it's on Comedy Central, I watch it. Number fifty five. Again, it's another one of those that is on Comedy Central a lot. Coming to America. You cannot help but not watch this movie. There's so many funny jokes throughout the whole thing. Uh, number 54, Boogie Nights. Ah! Yeah. Uh, this Mark Wahlberg has a big penis. Yes, he does. Uh, and I, this is another one. I, th- I just remembered. I saw this one in theaters, too. So... Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yes, I did. Late at night alone. Yes, I did. Uh, no, but, uh, seriously, it's another one of those ensemble casts, ironically. I mean, Burt Reynolds, William H. Macy, um, Marky Mark, John C. Riley. This, uh, uh, when Phil, Philip Seymour Hoffman. How many people do they have? Hasn't he earned the respect for you to call him Mark Wahlberg now? I still call him Marky still Mark. Still have to call him Marky Mark. Yeah. But how many people, there's a lot of movies, a lot of people in this movie that have three names. John C. Riley. William H. Macy. Those aren't Floyd three names. Seymour Those Hoffman. are just using an initial. Yeah, but they don't use... They, they use it's not William Henry Macy. It's William H. Macy. Yeah. John name. Christopher Riley. You don't call John him William... C. You don't call him William Macy. Maybe his friends do. Um, number 53. Talladega Nights. Another John C. I Riley did not film. like that movie the first time I saw it, but it, it, I liked it more the it's more... The, yeah, like the more I saw it. Oh, yeah. The movie, I, I die laughing every time I watch it. Um, number 52, Empire Strikes Back. Another, mm. another Star Wars movie in here. No surprise there. Yeah, I think that this one uh, is better than the third one. Although I hear a lot of people say that the third one is the... I think they say the third, they like the third one better than the second one. But, you know... Wait, what do you mean? See, I mean six up better than five. Yeah, you yeah. gotta... Yeah. It'd be a little more specific. Yeah, well, I meant... I thought I thought out of the original, I thought Empire Strikes Back was the best. Really? Yeah, it was the darkest. It was. I like that. It was gritty. It was, but I I think because the uh, I'm not gonna I'll, I'll wait and I'll say that later. Uh, number fifty one, Caddyshack, another comedy uh, with the great cast: Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Dangerfield, uh, a gopher. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I, I love that movie. I remember watching that as a kid, so I, you know it's it's always it's always been in my in one of my favorites. Uh, and number fifty, finally, The Shining. Ooh, that's a Jack, good with good. Jack Nicholson. Um, this, you know, I thought that remake that they did, that TV miniseries, I thought that was pretty good too. I never did see for it. being a TV miniseries. I thought it was pretty good. I never did see it. Stephen King, I guess, claims that that one he likes that better, and that's more to the to it's the book. It's than, pretty creepy, and it's it's really well done. He said that's better. He doesn't like Stanley Kubrick's version, but whatever. Um, I like it. It's 
pretty, no, it's still pretty, great. Yeah, too. it's pretty damn. Those twins. Yeah. And the, you know what also I thought was even like the scarier or creepier scene was the one where that guy in the bunny suit is blowing the other guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's just a weird thing to see. Okay. In a hotel that's supposed to be empty. Yeah. But uh, because you wonder like, okay, but they're ghosts, right? So do they just show up like that when she was opening the door, or had the ghost been in there like? <laughs> is this something they, they do every it. day? Yeah, yeah. it's just like a never-ending loop for them, where that guy just has to continuously <laughs> blow the other guy, and then I just ah, god damn, somebody break this curse. My jaw's getting sore. I mean, I love this idea at first, but I mean, Jesus, I need a break. Just a spit take. Um, all right, so I guess we're on my sixty-four to fifty, right? Yep. Uh, number 64, uh, which I said I was going to add to the list, but luckily for me, it was already there. Gridlocked. Tupac and Tim Roth play heroin addicts. Uh, basically shows how flawed our system is that sometimes even the people that want help the most aren't able to get that help because of technicalities and dumb things that we use to prevent people from getting help they need. Um, I actually did a monologue from this movie. Uh, Tupac's monologue where he's sitting in the room filling out the paperwork of the hospital. I did that for my uh, uh, my freshman year at college uh, for my theater class, like my final exam. That's my final exam. Did yeah. everybody know that's what you were doing? Well, yeah, you said you read. Oh, okay. You said the source material, then you did it. Um, I, I didn't did, know if you I got an A. It in there. Or how, I don't know how they graded it. I got the highest grade you could get, though. Uh, number 63. Uh, I love you, man. Oh, thanks, but what's your number 63? Ah. <laughs> Jason Segel, Paul Rudd, very funny movie, very underrated movie. Uh, also, a, you get a uh, you get a rare appearance from Jason Segel's almost perfect Andre the Giant impression. I forgot about that. Which is hilarious. Uh, number six. Uh, don't forget uh, uh, Lou Ferrigno. Yes. Cameo. Uh, who has humongous no arms. more supporting role? He's in through the whole thing. I uh, little side note: I met him uh, last month or the month before at a convention. Dude has the hugest freaking arms, even even to this day, and and the veins running through that. He, it's like he just got done pu- doing push-ups before he met me. But I know he, he probably did. did. But yeah, uh, sixty-two Independence Day. Yeah. I still have not, uh, I still have not watched that movie all the way through. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why. Because that movie, uh, just like uh, Twister, when those movies came out, they were all over the TV. Twister, 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 Independence Day, Twister, Independence Day. I'm like, you know what? I am so tired of these damn trailers. I don't even want to see the movie. And then I went to work at HH Greg, and they. That, in case you don't know, that's an electronic store here in town, in several other towns. Anyway, those two movies were movies that they used to help sell their big screens. They'd have the DVDs, so they were constantly playing on a loop. So how did you not see the whole movie? Because I worked in the back, so I would see, like, bits and pieces as I'm walking by. Oh, so... so I never actually watched it all the way through. But that even helped, because I'm like, I cannot freaking stand this movie. No, it's amazing. one of them. Uh... And first of all, I believe Randy Quaid recently, who's been going crazy. <laughs> you haven't just go Google Randy Quaid and just, just gives you hours of entertainment to read. Uh, I believe he actually brought up the fact that he saved the world. Yeah, uh, he like did. He, he's, I'm pretty sure he thinks that that was a documentary. Yeah. Uh, then, I'm back. And then he makes a sex tape. Um, yeah, gross. And yeah. then number 61, Rocky Four. 
Everybody's favorite Rocky. He fights the Russian. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Apollo Creed dies. Um, good movie. Uh, I mean, any Rocky's really good. But uh, number 60, The Conjuring. One of my favorite horror films of all time. Uh, it's just, it, I think nowadays it's harder for me to find a movie to be actually like creepy or scary, especially if it's paranormal, just because I don't believe in that stuff. So uh, it's hard for me to sometimes get lost in those movies and actually, you know, buy into it. But this movie was creepy. They did, they had all the little tricks. Uh, those hands, yeah. that clapping game. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, when you see that thing open and you see those hands come out as she's blindfolded just walking towards it, and then the scene where uh, the little girl is looking up above the uh, the big, you know, like, uh, chest thing, or not chest thing, uh, like, what's it called? Like, it's like a... Like a boudoir? Yeah, something like that. And that fucking lady's up there yeah. that then jumps on her? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's insane. Uh, number, uh, 59, uh, Wreck-It Ralph. It's, uh, I think one of the best Pixar movies or animated, whatever. I don't think it's Pixar. Whatever. DreamWorks, yeah, whatever. I think it's DreamWorks. Uh, I love video games. I love old school video games. So putting them all in a movie as characters was awesome. And, uh, I loved it. I, mean, I thought it was really, I, really I good. Thought it was, I thought it was fun seeing all the little cameos in the background. And John C. Riley makes another appearance. Yes. To the, the show. Yes. Uh, number 58, Elf. Will, Will Ferrell making another appearance. My favorite holiday movie. Uh, it is absolutely, I think, one of the best. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a Christmas movie I could watch in June and still appreciate. Better than, uh, Ernest Saves Christmas? Yes. Just barely. He doesn't. He doesn't try to put keep the Christ in Christmas. So just barely. Um, number fifty seven is uh, Casino. Uh, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, or not Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, uh, Joe Pesci uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, just a good movie. I mean, it's it's pretty well known. Just a good movie. Uh, number fifty six. Five hundred days of summer. Tell you, probably haven't seen it. No, I've seen it. Uh, I just wasn't that. Uh, I was just, yeah. Joseph Gordon Levitt, yeah. who's so underrated as a performer. You got to remember, he's been doing it since Third Rock from the Sun, and he wasn't a child actor that just fizzled out. He actually got more no, respected I, and more and had better work as he's grown up, and he's he's legit, man. And this movie, if you've ever uh, had an obsession with a girl. Like the you know where it's not it doesn't even make sense but it does to you and then you like it's it's a very realistic view I think how most people feel after you know uh, somebody breaks up with them that they you know when they're blindsided by it. yeah I just wasn't I, I mean I thought it was all right but I just it, I don't know it's another one of those uh, uh, girly films yeah I just was like eh. number fifty five. Office Space. Mm-hmm. We already talked about it. Uh, also, uh, where kind of the mainstream uh, was introduced to Damon Feels Good to Be a Gangster. It's a great song. Yes. Number 54, Days to Confused. From the summer of 2001, I will probably watch this movie every day three or four times. Uh, number 53? I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, 53. Okay. South Park. Bigger, longer, and uncut. Like I said, I love anything. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone do. This movie was great. I saw it in the theater when I was in high school, and I couldn't believe that they actually had this movie on in a theater, and it was so goddamn funny. I got a story about that. We took our probably 12-year-old nephew to see it, and we're like, oh, maybe we should have thought twice about that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, it's so funny, and it's just, yeah, everything, like, and it's the only musical I've ever liked. I hate, like, every other musical. Uh, I didn't even think about it being Pretty a much. I don't like musicals, but it's it's the only one I like, because the songs are so funny and absurd. Yeah. Uh, number 52, Stir Crazy. Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder go to jail uh, for, uh, for wrongly, wrongly accused, have to go to jail, and, uh. Gene Wilder just the, ends up getting into this rodeo competition to try to get them out. It's, just, it's such a funny movie. Yeah. The scene where they initially walk in, Richard Trier's trying to be the badass. Yeah, we bad. Else. We bad. Yeah. Uh, 51. Uh, on a side note, those two, were, when they were together, comedy genius. Oh, absolutely. And they'll be reappearing in my list uh, again because, yeah, they, they're one of the best comedy duos of all time. Uh, number 52. Or sorry, 51. Number 51. Get him to the Greek. Uh, Russell Brand is one of the most underrated uh, comedic actors. That dude is so funny in everything he does. Uh, 50, Rocky Balboa. The final installment of the Rocky series. Was this number five or number six? Six. It was, is five, was, was Rocky? Rocky five. Was there Rocky was Rocky five. five. Okay. Was, was the fifth one. Okay. I, I can, can see how it would be confusing. But yeah, right. Rocky five is the fifth movie. So that's yeah. an easy way to remember. Uh, you know what? Five I, is another word for better. Like five and fifth are pretty much the same thing. So that's how I remember it. I, I don't think I ever saw that one. I may have seen parts of it. But. It was so good. Like, because Rocky Five, I think Stallone kind of knew that he shouldn't have ended this legendary, amazing series on Rocky Five. Rocky Five is kind of a bad movie. Rocky Balboa redeems it. It's the, and especially the way it ends, it's. Uh, Oh, what's his name? Is it uh, Antonio Tarver? To- uh, Tommy Morrison. No, that's Rocky Five. Oh, is that right? This movie is, uh, I think it's Antonio Dar- Tarver. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let me see. Yeah, Antonio Tarver plays uh, Mason Dixon, who's the current World Heavyweight <laughs> Champion. And then every, like, they use, like, uh, well, it's now it's first take used to be Cold Pizza uh, with Woody Page and, uh, uh, and uh, Skip Bayless. Talking about how, uh, you know, they basically do it's, – it's, it was very realistic to the times that we were, you know, in in 2006 with social media and everything. And they're doing like com- like the computer simulations of if Mason Dixon, who hasn't fought any real challenges, what if he would have fought the, the all-time great Rocky Balboa? Yeah. And then it gets into this talk where they need to do an exhibition match. And Rocky decides, you know, oh, yeah, Adrian's dead. Like that's, that's – you find out early in the movie, Adrian's dead. They killed Adrian. Yo, Adrian, she didn't do it. Like, yeah, she didn't make it. Um, so, yeah, it's just – and then the way it ended with it being a split decision that awards to Mason Dixon is the same ending he had with Rocky One, Apollo, and Rocky. And Rocky was just happy to go the distance and prove that he could hang. It was just such a perfect way to cap off the series until now they're going to open it back up with uh, Apollo Creed's son, apparently. And it's just, oh, I hope it doesn't ruin it. But yeah. that was a perfect way, I thought. I thought that was the perfect bookend to my favorite movie series, my favorite film series of all time. And, and then... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was it. That's, uh, that's my name. That's 50. And that's going to end the uh, episode. 
Sorry for the length. That is, uh, normally we've been trying, lately we've been trying to go for about an hour, and this one went a little bit longer. Uh, again, we apologize, but we thank you for sticking around and listening to us ramble about uh, some You know, you're things. a good podcast when you have to apologize for giving people more content. Yeah. Um, well, Brad, where can everybody find you? Um, IndieBradScott.com, I-N-D-Y, BradScott.com, IndieBradScott on Twitter and Instagram, Comedian Bradscott on uh, Facebook, and you can see me at Crackers Comedy Club uh, May 7th through the 9th. In Broderpool. In Broderpool. And then also check out uh, IndieBradScott.com for other future shows and locations. And me, you can find on Letterboxd. And Twitter and what's that other one? Oh, Instagram at NKOGonzo. You can also find the show, The Showdown Pod, at The Showdown Pod on Twitter as well as on Facebook. So uh, hit us up, let us know what you think, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Next episode, uh, 49 through number one. Later. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.